BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, one of my dearest, one of the best in the world, the one and only Brian Kelly. How are you, honey? I'm doing great. How are you? Are you jet lagged? I'm jet lagged as hell. I went to a Dave Matthews band concert last night and just to feel alive again. And it was like 10 p.m. And I left before the last two songs because I was like, I I got a, I had a twitch in my face all day yesterday. I'm like, I'm either going to stroke out or I'm just going to collapse. So, yeah, I'm a little jet lagged. The twitch had nothing to do with the edible, right? No, not not at all. No, <laughs> of course not. Never. I did. Um, I, I skipped yeah. the last five songs of Taylor Swift. Cause I'm just too old for that. I, you know, I saw her in Philly and it was amazing, but I was like, not worth it. Like 80,000 wasted girls <laughs> screaming. And then you like this, this is what we think about now. I mean, you just turned 40. I hope I'm not throwing you under the bus saying you just turned 40, oh, I'm, I'm but I'm, it. I'm getting there and I'm literally, I'm only a couple years behind you. And I'm literally like, looked at my husband. I said, we got to go. I said, I don't want to wait in line for the Uber. I can't do it. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't do it. So what have you been up to, Brian? I mean, for my, I feel like all my listeners already know who you are. You're a dear friend in my life. You are the points guy. You've been running this incredible business on teaching people basically how to like optimize their life using credit card points. But you really also, I think there's so much more to you. And I feel like you always get interviewed talking about your business, which we will get to because it's incredibly helpful and amazing. And you've built it from the ground up. But I feel like you're a new dad. What is the new dad life like? Because I'm going to be a 40 year old mom, most likely. And I'm, I'm just embracing it. And let me just first say for any of the people who are older thinking about becoming parents, I have zero regrets. Like I traveled the world. I partied my face off globally many times over. I had, when I had my son at 39, I was like, I feel good. I don't feel like I'm giving up any part of my life. Like, yes, is life changing? Do I now travel with a nanny? Is, you know, that chaotic lifestyle I used to live, like, the Lady Gaga club, club, plane, right. other bus. Like yeah. I was over that anyway. So I still have a little bit of that. But, you know, being a dad is amazing. Dean is now nine and a half months. And actually right before this, I'm, I'm in Provincetown now in this cute little rental house. And he just walked up 14 steps on his own oh. at nine and a half months, which I'm like, where is the pause button? It's right. like, but he's just, I mean, I, I know I got lucky with him where he's just, he smiles. He's so, you know, he still has, you know, he doesn't quite sleep through the night all the time. He right. still up. I think it's just because he's so big and he's hungry, but um, <laughs> amazing. And actually I haven't really told many people this, but I'm actually starting the process. I, I now am like, okay, he's so fun. I like, I've got to give him a sibling. Like I'm one of four. Really? 40 years old. I kind of, I think the first nine months, you're just like, your life's in chaos. Like the first child, you don't know what to expect. Now I'm like, right. it'll still be chaos, but especially being a single parent, like the nanny thing, the nanny thing has been the biggest hurdle for me to get through because I depend on them so much and finding the right fit. Yeah. You don't really know until you live with someone. Plus this person is taking care of your most valuable asset. 
you know, I think in the beginning I was like, okay, I just need help. Anyone. And you know, like, Oh, you're like Craigslist ad. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) It's taken a little like tweaking and I've gone through some nannies or whatever. Now I'm like, okay, it's, it takes a lot, but it's like, I, I have amazing, amazing nanny. She wants me to have another. So now I'm starting to put those wheels in motion. Listen, I hear what you're saying, though, because it's what people don't realize is like when you're bringing somebody into your family and into like seeing behind the curtain, if you will, it's like you want to know that like you have to have a bond with them. You want them to feel like they're family. And I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah, it's so true, though. But also, like I'm in I live my life. I'm kind of exhausted a lot where I also need my downtime. So I've had a nanny or two that were chatterboxes. Yeah. Like nonstop, (laughs) know-it-all chatterbox in a way. And it's like... (laughs) okay, it was fine for a while, but like in my space, it, so it's really important. Like I do, I treat my nannies like they're my family. They fly yes. first class, business class. I pay them over market rate. They're like taking care of my kid. I take care of them. Right. However, it is a fine balance between like when you also need your personal space. Totally. You know, and so anyone who's, it's funny because every time I even, I, most people don't even talk about nannies on social media. So many people reach out to me and say, I appreciate the candor and, you know, being open with the fact that you have help. And frankly, I don't, I mean, I'm a single dad, so I don't know how people do it without help. You know, like it's also uh, half, half my girlfriends who don't have help, their little, little guys, if you will, are in school. Like they're doing some sort of mom's day out some, you know, before preschool, I guess they just go to school all the time. All my girlfriends work. And if they don't, my girlfriend just had twins. So she's like, okay, now I'm really going to be home. Cause I've got three kids. But I, I think it's, if pe- more people talked about it, everybody needs extra hands, whether it's a family member, whether it's somebody you're paying, whether you get them again off Craigslist, you know, you met a nice Greyhound bus driver that you just feel like <laughs> has, has a good soul. You got to get the help however you can. So I think it, the, the, people need to take away the stigma from it. You know what I mean? Totally. And especially there's so much guilt being a parent, you, you come to realize very quickly. Like I was in the beginning, you know, once I started working again, I was guilty. I wasn't spending nights with him. I'm like, and I'm beating myself up. And I talked to so many parents who are like, chill out. Like for the first two years, he's not even going to remember what the heck right. has happened. So like, take it easy right. on yourself. And like getting rest is a good thing. Like, I'm so thankful that I can rest. And then when I'm spending time with him, I'm actually like my myself. But I I just give kudos to all the parents out there, the moms, especially, you know, I think we, I used to kind of scoff when people like, Oh, being a stay at home mom's the hardest job in the world. Like hands down, no question. (laughs) There's never been a corporate job. You could always sneak away in a conference room, hungover, get a bagel at the deli. Right. Have to be dialed in. Yeah. And if you don't like someone could die, like that stress is way better, you know, more stressful than like getting the report into management, you know, I don't even have two kids. I have two French Bulldogs right now and I have two toddlers, i.e. my husband and Robin. And I have been working from home today and I have literally lost my mind. Jeff just grabbed me in the kitchen. He was like, if you don't calm down, like he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave the house. Like I have been, my anxiety has been through the roof because when you're home and you're trying to get your shit done in your own, like orbit. It's just, I, I've been losing my mind all day. I'm like, I don't, I, I have to get on the road. Like I'm itching to get back out. But I like that you said, cause you're like, you're always exhausted. And I had, I met this wonderful lady in the Delta Sky Club and she had come to my comedy shows before. And she said she was a, a mom. She had her first kid at 40. And she said, you know what, Heather, I honestly think parenthood is going to be good for you. And it'll come easier than you think because you're so used to being bone tired. She's like, you already know what that feeling is like being on tour and traveling internationally and doing all that. She's like, you can handle this. I'm like, okay, that's, I think that's a little bit of encouragement. No, it, it's so true though. I mean, the, the exhaustion, I mean, I, in the beginning, like when the, when your baby's just crying every two hours feeding, it's a feeling of like chaos at times, yeah. but I think your lifestyle, I mean, is, is that you're used to just being on a lot and always yeah. being attentive. So I think you're going to be, I can't wait for you to be a mom. You're going to be the best mom. Well, you're so sweet. I just know that like, I, I just chaos right now. My life is a little bit chaotic and it makes me nuts. And I'm sure you got this too, you know, also like, cause you had to do it, not necessarily the traditional route. Like I'm looking at surrogacy because I've had my own fertility problems and there's nothing more obnoxious. And when people come up to you and like, where's the baby, where's the baby? I'm like, listen, hose, you don't realize that I'm probably doing like my fifth round of IVF at Christmas so I can try and get some more embryos. Like people, I'm sure you have had a just an insane amount of just 
things thrown at you and being said to you. What's the craziest shit you've heard from somebody since you've had Dean? Well, the, the biggest thing was you're abusing your child by not giving it a mom. How dare you? Oh, fuck off. Yeah. Those are easy blocks, though. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think just being an influencer, being in the, you know, internet, I'm just so used to, and I have like a policy on my, I actually don't get very many hateful comments. My community's awesome. They're right. smart travelers. I just block stuff like that out, but it still does. You know, you, I did think for a minute, I'm like, holy crap, am I really going to ruin this kid's life? You know, and of course it's, that's actually why I'm in Provincetown now it's family week. So there's hundreds and hundreds of families of all shapes and sizes and the I kids are that. happy, healthy. And it is important to remind yourself, there's no one cookie cutter family, because guess what? You know, as we all know, like a lot of those cookie cutter families who think everything's perfect, you peek behind the scenes and it's chaos, you know, like there's no, your child is fed and happy. And that was the other thing. My surrogate couldn't pump and the the stress that people had about breastfeeding and it has to be six months. No, do it for a year. And, And then you just talk to people. It's like, there's so much pressure actually. And I, my surrogate gave birth in a hospital that's, I guess, what's it called? Child friendly. So now there are hospitals mostly, they don't even take the baby into a nursery. It stays in your room and, you, and you know, most mothers are pressured to breastfeed immediately. And the nurses, really? they, don't even have, they don't even have nipples, you know, and I get it. Breast, breast milk is great for children and for those who can do it. Awesome. But I hear there's just so much pressure across the board when having a kid, but just, you know, having a healthy kid, feeding it, like that's winning as parenthood. And I think yeah, you just have to address it. And my tip to you would be, be very careful what you put online, because even in the beginning, when I like got home and had Dean, it, people were like, oh, the child shouldn't be sitting like that. I mean, there was literally, yeah, he was snoring one day and I like caught it on the camera and, and someone goes, you get better check that out. It might be sleep apnea. I'm like, He's <laughs> I swear to God. You're like, he literally just popped out. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? Yeah, hi, my hand's raised because it's happening to me, okay? I am one of those bitches whose hair started to thin, especially after I had a wild hormonal shift and imbalance after I did IVF for the third damn time. Listen, if you're among them, no, you're not alone, okay? Your girl right here is thinning. But I love that I got something that is helping me help my hair grow back. And I swear by it and I love it. Listen, also just know thinning is normal and Nutrafol helps women address it from within with science-backed supplements. I really love Nutrafol, okay? One, I love them because it's the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve visible thickness and strength. Y'all, when I tell you my baby hairs on the side are growing in, up on top, I swear to God, this stuff really works. From postpartum to menopause, and no matter your life stage, Nutrafol has four unique formulas to support women. Each in physician formulated using drug-free, we love a drug-free moment, science-backed ingredients so you get the most reliable results. Go to Nutrafol.com to take their health hair quiz, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair growth throughout their whole body health approach. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root cause causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through the whole body health. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code absolutely not. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled Nutrafol, N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code absolutely Absolutely not. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code absolutely not. Are you picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue? Well, you already know you're going to do it, so why not get cash back for it? You know what I love? Ibotta. Okay, let me tell you what. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. We love to beat inflation. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code ABSOLUTELY. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's literally that easy. The average Ibotta user earns up to $120 per year. That could even cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use your cash back to buy that flight that you've been eyeing. That game you're dying to go to or that fancy dinner you have been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. But with Ibotta, you can get real cash back that you can get cash out to your bank account. 
PayPal, or gift cards. And you can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code absolutely when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free, that's right, I said free, free Ibotta app and use code absolutely. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code absolutely. Again, that's Ibotta in the Google Play or App Store and use code absolutely. Hey, listen, you know you're rushing out the door. You know you're getting ready to take the kids back to school. And you know what? You need a little back-to-school tip? Well, you can cross everything off your list before the big day with DoorDash. Stock up on supplies and lunchtime snacks all in one place. And all you got to do is go to DoorDash. You know what? Summer's already over and the kids are about to go back and you're going to panic because you didn't get the right markers. Well, guess what? You got DoorDash. Shop DoorDash to get everything you'd need for the back-to-school season delivered right to your door. With DoorDash, you'll enjoy next-level convenience with delivery in the hour, making it easier than ever to get your back-to-school needs fast. So you don't have to hit a million stores yourself. You can just use DoorDash to stock up on supplies and lunchtime snacks all in one place. DoorDash does everything. We love DoorDash. All your favorite retail, grocery, and convenience stores are on the app so you can shop everything for your kids. Whatever your kids need for back to school, they've got it. You can fill their backpacks, their bellies, and the pantry this back to school season. Shop DoorDash to get everything you need for the back to school season delivered right to your door. Order now for stress-free back to school shopping. Use promo code AMS Absolutely, to get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more at a convenience grocery or retail stores on DoorDash. Again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more. Promo code absolutely. Don't forget that's code absolutely for 50% off your next order. Terms apply. Okay, I know who probably has sleep apnea, and that's my husband, Jeff Daniels, and he has been tested for it six times, and every time he goes in that sleep lab, they're like, he's done half it. I'm like, the man is choking in the middle of the night, so I don't know what the fuck is going on, but we got to figure it out. Oh, I I mean, I get uns... I dabble a little bit with I like to stir the pot and I'll ask for unsolicited medical advice, and then when people all say I have like fibromyalgia, I get pissed. You know, I'm like, no, I didn't want this. I asked for it, but I technically didn't want it. And with the, like the surrogacy process, cause you talked to me, like you and I have had a candid conversation. You're like, listen, if you need to go that route, like you're going to help me t- dial in and like figure it out. But I'm curious, just like when you started to think about approaching that whole process, where did you even start? How did you know where to look? How did it work? So my doctor in New York was gay and had kids. So I, I basically went to him and he yeah. referred me to a surrogacy agency in Wisconsin. It was a, a woman, a very small agency, this woman who to be honest, it wasn't the right fit for me. This in mm-hmm. a, she, it's funny that she had helped other LGBT families because she was very like judgy. I think it was because maybe because I was single. I don't know if she had ever done a single parent, but I just sensed there was some judgment. She was snippy with me with how the process worked. And it just mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, it wasn't a good vibe. And I'm like, I'm not going to bring a child into this world working with some woman I hate, you know? So right. luckily through her, what I would recommend to anyone is get your, you know, go through your IVF doctor. So I did San Diego Fertility Clinic, which is like one of the top in the world. Dr. Donishman is the most incredible IVF doctor. He is and his team are just like incredible people. And they work with a ton of different surrogacy agencies. It's really the wild, wild west, though. You know, there's a couple main surrogacy agencies. I remember doing meetings with them and they're like, yeah, it'll be three to six years before you get a surrogate. Holy shit. You know, based on matching. And I'm like, yeah. Maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but they were like, it could very well be three years. And I'm like, at that point, I had gotten my egg donor. I had healthy embryos. I'm like ready to go. And right. I'm just not somebody who likes to wait in line. So of course me, I'm like, <laughs> my elite status, I'm like, how do I jump to the front of the line? Who do I need to grease? And right. they're like, this is human life. You can't do that. You know, right. everyone's the same stuff, which I get. Yeah. But I ended up getting, um, through my IVF doctor, he worked with a smaller gay-focused surrogacy agency, Elevate Baby. They are awesome. And they got me the most amazing surrogate within a month or two. She was in California, which for LGBT people, it's important. California laws are like rock solid. I had Dean's birth certificate before he was born. It's more expensive, but like California is kind of a legit place. I have so many of my friends who had babies in Kansas. And then there's a clerk who's an asshole and doesn't want to issue the birth certificate. And you'll finally get it after weeks. But there are people who can hold up the process. So isn't that just fucking ass? 
That's asinine. That's insane. Yeah. Finding someone who's done surrogacy before, you generally yeah. pay a premium because they know, you know, they've been through this before. And that's kind of a luxury to have in California. She was vaccinated. She was a lesbian or is a lesbian. So I got along with her wife. So it was just like, click, 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 click. It all went, went into place. But for anyone thinking about surrogacy or IVF, the process will always take a while. So just start earlier than you anticipate, even just gathering information. Yeah. Um, because it, it, it's very confusing and it's super expensive, but I'm just I mean, thankful that I'm able to do it. And also you got to, this is just a testament. Like when you're right out of the gate saying, oh, I'm ready to have another one. This is why I always know that there's like as much, cause I'm, I'm, I'm the childless person in my friend group. So all of my girlfriends and guy friends bitch to me about what, you know, about their kids. But then I'm always like, I know it's crazy. I know it's chaotic. I know it's expensive. It's all those things, but you must love it so much because you're willing to do it again. Of course. And honestly, I just need to push back. Like the whole narrative, and I did, it's an American thing because I traveled with Dean. Dean's been to eight countries in Europe, in the Caribbean. Like you go to restaurants, like wait staff will take your baby for you if you want. Or like people, you know, in Portugal, they have a line. They'll pull you to the front if you have a baby. Like the world is so baby friendly. But in the US, we have this anti baby, like no babies in first class, no baby, you know, like people are just negative about babies. I agree, Brian, because I saw this thing on TikTok where it was like how children are treated in Copenhagen. Like people will leave their little, their, you know, little baby carriages outside a restaurant. The kids like lay in the sun, they get vitamin D. Like it's a whole other world here in America. You know what? To the fucking people who bitch about children being in first class or when a baby cries on a flight, I want to just punch them in the teeth. Like, how dare you? How dare you? I've had more grown, drunk, white men ruin fights than any baby. Like, get a pair of earphones. Like, we all know, like, you've got to control your environment. But, but yeah, I mean, and that whole baby narrative, it's, it's yes, it's crazy, but it's the most amazing thing in the world. But what, if you just listen to what people say, I swear, at every point, oh, newborns, you're never, you know, you're never going to sleep. Life's horrible, horrible. They're like little devils, devil. And then it's like yeah. toddlers, they're... They're a uh, terrorist. I mean, at every point. <laughs> oh, but then when they become teenagers, they're hormonal monster beast. And you, if you sat and listened to like the narratives, it's crazy. But no, it's like the most amazing experience. Like watching Dean when Dean smiles with his two little bottom teeth, like looking up at me, like cross-eyed. It's just there's no other feeling in the world. Oh, and you did make a beautiful baby. He is so cute. I'm proud of him. I mean, he's huge though. He's nine months and he's in 18 month clothing, like, and he has some 24 months. So yeah, he's going to be a big boy, but, uh, see, this is, this is what my mom kept telling me. Cause I'm a large person. My husband's a large person. She kept saying like, well, if you guys have to go the surrogacy route, she's like, you need to like lie and have your sister. My sister's very petite. Send your sister in with Jeff. So this poor surrogate does not think that she's birthing a baby from both y'all. You know what I mean? Like, was that ever a thing where like the surrogates? So, so my, I, I, so I found the, best surrogate in the world, but she right. was like, I'm too very petite. And I didn't think they were going to let me. The doctor's like, no, Brian, it doesn't work like that. Like every baby, I have 11 nieces and nephews. They're all 10 pounds. I was a 10 pound baby. Enormous. I was like, he's like, just because you were a big baby doesn't mean your baby will be. And I was like, and as we were transferring the first embryo, we're in the waiting room and there's another surrogate saying, oh man, my last pregnancy, it was a six foot three guy and a five foot eight woman. And that baby tore me to bits. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> trying to like not acknowledge it, but clearly like my surrogate and her wife were there. It was all like, <laughs> like yeah. literally moments before we were going to transfer my, so Dean ended up being eight pounds, 15 ounces. And she actually said she, she got a uh, epidural. She goes, I felt that all that yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. like, his shoulders cause he's wide. She's yeah. like, it, her, luckily her, she had a great delivery. And but the doctor at the last minute said, Oh, do you want to deliver your baby? I just wanted to be in the room and hold him. Right. And he said, he said, throw in some gloves. He's like, you're not like, you don't get grossed like out. Squeamish. And I literally pulled Dean out. It was the most unbelievable. I just, let me just say, I have so much respect for the female body. Like what that mm. body can do. You still gay after seeing that too, right? Very gay. <laughs> Very gay. Like nine out of 10 men that I talked to were like, oh no, I was in the room begrudgingly, but I would never look, you know? Yeah. Oh, my mom used to always say, she's like, you make them look, you make them see. She's like, no, 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 no. She's like, you make them look, you make them know what you're going through. You have to know, they have to like understand and like visibly see the way you suffer because she goes, it's a whole nother level of respect once they understand. I was like the manipulation of Robin McMahon. I love it. 
It was a sight to be seen. So what what else is going on with you now? You're in Provincetown right now in Rhode Island, family week, doing the damn thing. Explain exactly what you do, Brian. I mean, I know that a lot of my listeners know who you are and what you do, but just for those who are new, who are dialed in, what's the best way to describe what you do? So I started, I mean, so I help people travel using frequent flyer miles and credit card points. Like, so when I started the Points Guy in 2010, it was a blog. I was working in at Morgan Stanley. I was doing college recruitment and I've just always been a shyster. Like I like, you know, like my mom, I grew up middle class, middle, middle, upper class, Philly suburbs. And yeah, but I was always, and I think being a closeted queen and having all that pent up energy, I was like, girl, I want to live like first class. My parents were not the type that went to Europe. You know, we would drive to Florida, Orlando. They were just not that adventurous travelers. So I always wanted to, you know, live a better life. So when I was 12, I figured out how to use my dad's frequent flyer miles. So like in the nineties, what before the internet, really, I was like a travel agent for my family using points and my dad's Marriott. So I just learned at a young age how to like maximize these programs. And then, you know, fast forward to, you know, graduate college in 05, living in New York city, trying to live the dream. And, you know, and um, I started working at Morgan Stanley and just traveling all over the U.S. And they gave me a corporate Amex and I called up and they were like, yeah, you can get points if you spend $100. You know, they're like, most people decide not to. But at that point, I was spending like 100000 a month on career fairs. I would book right. like 60 interns. I would book their travel, their hotels all on my corporate card. So all of a sudden I had like millions of Amex points. You know, this is 07 to 10. So the Great Recession hit Wall Street. Right. So my team of eight recruiters, at one point it was just me. So I was just traveling nonstop. I was literally on the road like 80% of the time, raking in tons of points. I wasn't making a lot of money because I was in HR, but so, but on the weekends I would fly first class to London. I mean, I literally like flew with Madonna one weekend. Like everyone in my life was like- How are you doing this? Yeah, the, I think people were like, is, is he an Anna Delvey? You know, pre-Anna yeah. <laughs> Delvey, but people thought I was like- you know, Or like a high-class escort for Madonna. Yeah, I could yeah. Been, could yeah. but um. So anyway, so just points. So in 2010, I started a blog just for fun. And then it, you know, it's just like six months in blew up. And then I got really lucky because what I blog about is credit cards. And then so a friend from college who worked in marketing for the credit card companies basically came to me. He's like, I'm going to change your life. And at that point, I was making a couple thousand dollars a month on Google ads or whatever. And literally he got me into credit card marketing. So I was still, I was still writing about the Amex Platinum, but I would use a link for a marketing company. Mm-hmm. And it literally, it was, I made a million bucks in six months. I mean, it Holy changed shit. my life. And then I realized I got lucky. The New York times wrote about the points guy. This is all 2011, right? So right time, right place. Blogs are blowing up. This is when fashion bloggers were starting to sit front row. So like the media landscape was changing and I was there. And then, you know, the site just kept growing and growing. And I realized like in the miles and points space, there were a lot of other way smarter bloggers but I'm charismatic. And I was like, I can use this in media. So I would start getting all these New York Times pieces. And unbeknownst to me, that SEO, you know, getting a link back from the New York Times to a tiny blog in the Google search results, all of a sudden the points guy became number one. So I realized the more press I do, right, the more eyeballs we bring in, we build a brand. And, you know, my take has always been, let's have fun with it. You know, like there's a lot of people in the miles and point, it's very clinical, some, you know, nerdy in a way, like how to beat the system. But you know, I kind of, I took to social media. I, instead of, you know, a lot of bloggers would just, you know, have these really weird blog posts. And I kind of was just like, you know, fierce 20 something gay from New York. And I was like, this is what you need to do. And you're hot. So that also helps. I mean, you're a tall drink of water. I've had my midlife <laughs> glow up, you know, in the last year or so, but, um, but anyway, so I, that's the blog. It, it went from me to 10, 15 people. I sold it in 2012 to a publicly traded company but I'm still on. It got bought again in 2017. But like my career has really, the points guy now, we've got 125 employees. We wow. get traffic than travel and leisure. So it's, you know, we're all things travel, not just points and miles these days. But, um, you know, I think as I look forward, I'm no longer the CEO of the company. I think it was 2020 when I realized like trying to manage a hundred people plus be the face of the company, plus having my own personal life. I was just like completely burnt out. And right. the pandemic for me was like the pause button I think I so desperately needed. So now, yeah, now I'm just the face of the points guy. So I still work full time. That's great. Yeah. Hopefully working on doing a TV show and a book. Hell yeah. Yeah. Wheeling and dealing. Healthy baby. I've got a new boyfriend of, uh, it's like four months now. You met him at your show at Radio City. He's fantastic. 
just like a, you know, he's a, he's an art teacher from Delaware and he's just so not from my world, but met at a bar and he's just so sweet. This podcast episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Listen, I love Squarespace. It's the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time all in one place, all on your terms. I love Squarespace. I can say this till I'm blue in the face, but I love Squarespace. And I'll tell you why. I use them for my website, for any of my online sales, for my merch. All of that is run through Squarespace. It is so awesome. One, I love that you can sell your products online through their online store. They also have flexible website templates. Listen, I didn't know how to do a website. You go on Squarespace, they have templates there. You can just literally plug in your shit to make it easy. You can host video content organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages and sell access to your videos with member areas. They have email campaigns. They have a great point of sale. So say you're selling something in person by connecting a square reader to the Squarespace app and keep your orders, inventory, and customer data in sync with your online store. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash absolutely to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that is Squarespace com slash absolutely to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I love Squarespace. Again, that's squarespace.com slash absolutely to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Work smarter, not harder. I got you. You got me. Squarespace has all of us. You know that I do the most and least at the same damn time. Well, Delola is the epitome of that. Delola is a delicious world-crafted cocktail doing the most. It's made with premium spirits and natural botanicals, and it's ready to enjoy. So you can do the least. Listen, all you literally have to do is just pour over ice, sit back, and enjoy. Plus, it's founded by the queen of doing the most, the one, the only, the iconic Jennifer Lopez. And if you don't think Jenny from the block knows how to make a delicious cocktail, then you're out of your mind. Of course she does. Delola is the effortless drink to have all year round. This is what I love. They sent me a bunch. I was like, let me try this. See if I, even if I want to partner with them, and it's honestly friggin' delicious, okay? There's the Delola Spritz option, which is for everybody. They have the Paloma Rosa Spritz, which is made with tequila, grapefruit, and elderflower. That's personally one of my favorites. They have the Bella Berry Spritz, which is made with vodka, berries, and hibiscus. And the L'Orange, which is made with amaro, orange, and passion fruit. This is the best part about it. It's made with all natural botanicals, gluten-free, 110 calories per serving, and it has less alcohol than traditional cocktails. So about like the same amount as a glass of wine, right? So the best part of Delola Lola is that it makes it easy to entertain with all the effort of making cocktails. You can visit delolalife.com. That's D-E-L-O-L-A life.com to find a store near you that carries Delola and follow at Delola on Instagram to learn more. Please enjoy responsibly. Remember, if you want to make your life easy and just fabulous and feel like you're on the Amalfi Coast, grab a bottle of Delola. Again, visit delolalife.com to find a store near you that carries Delola and follow at Delola, that's D-E-L-O-L-A, on Instagram to learn more. Please enjoy responsibly. I love skims. My girl Kim K did it again. And when I say I only wear one pair of underwear in this entire world, it is the skims high-waisted thong because it is so freaking comfortable. It is super stretchy. And I'm able to size down two sizes because it's that stretchy. I know what you're thinking, Heather. This is just an ad. No, this is a personal endorsement because I love the skims high-waisted thong so much. Here's the deal. Why do I love it? I can sleep in them. I can wear them on an airplane. There's no panty line. It just feels good. It's stretchy. It's nice. It's comfortable. It's the only thong that I own. I probably own a hundred pair. I shit you not my hand on the Bible. Okay. As the girls say, Bible, real talk. I wear this all the time. The Fits Everybody collection of underwear is super lightweight and molds to your body. The buttery soft fabric stretches to twice its size without ever losing shape. Hence why I'm an extra large usually and I size down to a medium. It, it's amazing. Also, I love that Skims is size inclusive. They are available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. Listen, you can believe the hype. Skims has over 100,000 five-star reviews for a reason. The Fit Everybody collection and more perfect fit essentials are now available 
available at skims.com. That's S-K-I-M-S.com. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. Yes, check please. I will be doing that. And after you place your order, be sure to let them know that we sent you. Select podcasts in the survey and be sure to select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Okay, you know your girl wants more free skim stuff, so I got to get the credit where credit is due. So make sure after you put in your order, you hit that little button that says select podcast and make sure that you put in absolutely not. So they know that your girl, Heather McMahon, gave you a real-time hardcore endorsement because I love skims. Again, check out skims.com and check out the high-waisted thong on the Fitz Everybody Collection. Now back to the podcast. Life is good. You're settling down in the best way. And it what's one also too, I know like when you're like, I don't have anybody underneath me, I've realized that the hardest part of being an entrepreneur or being a boss is managing people. It's not the day-to-day actual work. It's managing emotions, expectations, and like, trying to keep everybody happy. And that's what like from like one boss to the other, that's what I'm having to learn is like, oh fuck, it's not necessarily because I'll get up and do the work. That's not the problem. It's just keeping everybody around you fucking happy all the time. It, it can make you crazy. It's so true. Yeah. I mean, especially when I was, you know, managing a team of creatives and other, you know, there were 50 yeah. writers on the team and I would push them, you know, like there were times like, you know, I mean, I remember I sent one of my young writers to the Maldives and they came back from the trip and like were upset because they were jet lagged. I'm like, you flew first class to the Maldives <laughs> and like they were demanding like a week off of PTO because they were working for like, I mean, it was just like, there were so many moments where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not cut out. Like I give yeah. so much credit to people managers, but I'm not a people manager. And the, for the moment that I realized like, that's not what my value is on this earth. Let's let other people do that. Now I had still have to do that in my own personal life with my you know, I still have employees in my world that I have right. to manage. And the thing is, you have to be an active manager. You have to be, you know, as much as I'm like, but I need to be the one like with nannies and my assistant and I have a farm. So I have to manage, you know, so, so there's a lot on that angle, but you can't just give it all up to one person as easy as that would be. You still always kind of have to be involved. Oh, you always got to be involved. I know. And I find that very refreshing that you said that. Cause yeah, there are days where you're, you're just like, you're looking around, you're like, at the end of the day, being a boss is a scary thing, right? You are responsible for feeding people, keeping people employed, all of that stuff. And then there are days where I'm like, I still am not taking the day off. Like people think it's glitz and glamorous. And we've talked about this candidly. And I, I mean, everybody on the podcast knows like, we, you know, it's a safe space to bitch. But there are days where you're like, fuck, I don't get to take the extra day off. When everybody else is off and doing the thing, if I don't keep the wheels spinning, the train's going off the track and none of us are going to be able to eat next week. You know what I mean? It's like a wild, I think the responsibility is what started to like tap into the anxiety where I'm like, I'm actually responsible for people's livelihood and I'm not allowed to have a bad day. I'm not allowed to have a day where I don't want to do it or I don't want to, you know, I, I th there's no option because it, the train has to keep going. You know what I mean? Have you ever been too sick to do a show? Oh, honey, I have, I am an old, I always joke all the time. Somebody, I'm an old show pony. I have done it through like a bad reaction to the COVID booster. I've had the stomach bug. I've had COVID and didn't know it. I've had strep throat. Like I just, you were, limping. Yeah. You were limping on tour at one point this <laughs> no. year, right? I did. Well, I threw out my back and I literally got, it was my show in Pittsburgh and somebody just Ray pushed me out in a wheelchair and I was like, the show must go on. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure knock on wood, hopefully we've had a pretty healthy run, but God only knows, you know, but no, I've, I've, I don't know. I'm just an old show pony. Like you just get up and fucking do it. You know what I mean? So what is going on now? I, I'm so curious because uh, one, I want you to give my listeners to just, uh, you know, a look inside of how to maximize their points, because th I, I always say this work smarter, not harder. So I want to get into that. But first of all, what is going on right now with the legislative of they're trying to take away our points? Like, let's get angry and then let's use action steps on how to use the points. So interestingly, so points are all paid for like so when you pay for anything on your credit card you yeah. know that merchant the restaurant target whomever they pay like roughly two percent on average to the credit card company to process that transaction in turn the credit card company like if your credit card gets stolen fraud you don't have to pay for it your points or your cash back all of that gets funded through this interchange fee okay. so that's like why in the and the united states is the mecca for points and credit cards it's super lucrative like it's not like this in other countries where you can earn triple points on dining and groceries, et cetera. So we have a really lucrative system for consumers in the United States. Now, there's these senators that are coming in and basically 
Walmart and Target hate paying this 2% fee. When you think okay. about how many billions in sales. So the retail lobby has come in and said, oh, we're going to use inflation as a reason. We now mm. need to cap all these fees. And they're saying, basically, if you cap the fees, the retailers will save all the money. And don't worry, we're going to trickle down our savings to the consumer. We're just going to miraculously lower prices on all of our products. Now, we know this isn't true. A decade ago, the same Senator Durbin, he did this with debit card rewards. So on a much smaller scale, you used to be able to earn Delta miles, United miles on debit. So Senator Durbin slipped in legislation last minute on this financial, you know, post-financial crisis. And literally overnight, debit card rewards went away because the banks couldn't afford to give rewards when the interchange went down. Mm. So, you know, Senator Durbin's take, you know, basically they're just in the hand, you know, the pockets of the lobbyists for the big retailers. So they are funding these senators like a lot of money. Hey, let's take away points because that just goes direct to their bottom line. You know, and they're using all they're grasping at anything, saying, you know, military veterans are disadvantaged by this, et cetera. But at the end of the day, consumers, of anyone listening, if you get points, if you like your Delta miles, your cash back, most Americans get value from this. And considering how expensive travels become, I think it's egregious, like now, to take away people's points and miles, you know, earning from credit card. It's like the one bipartisan thing left in this country. Like whether you're Republican or Democrat, like we all we all got points. Yeah. Luckily, um, so they were trying to attach it to the defense bill this week, and they actually just. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but they actually just said we're not going to add it to the defense bill, which is good. But they're just punting it down the road. So it's going to mm. come back. Um, so what people can do, though, you know, just and I think our campaign has been working. I, I emailed a senator. I clicked on the link. It was so easy to do. I have emailed all my representatives here in Georgia and I'm like, don't take away my points. I spend too much money on the road to not be able to use those points to then finally take a fucking vacation. And this is how our government works. When the Senate offices get tons of emails from consumers, like from their constituents, mind you, like they actually will say, you know, this is something I'm not going to touch this. But if no one right. emails, they're just going to, oh, this sounds great. Let's, you know, you know. Power to the people. You got to let them know. Let them know. I- so there's an easy website, handsoffmyrewards.com. It takes 60 seconds. Email your senators. Everyone is in play. This is not a Republican or Democratic thing. There's actually bipartisan support for this. So I think we had a temporary win so far, but we've really got to keep the pressure up. So that being said, don't worry. I know people are messaging me, well, are they going to take my points away? All of your existing points are fine. Like they're not going to go to your account and take them. What this matters is going forward. Like if you like earning, you know, your Delta status and your upgrades from your Delta co-brands, that could all potentially go down, you know, if there's less interchange for the credit card companies to work with. So until then, though, I mean, maximize your points. I know we've talked about this. It's still really confusing. It is. It, it is a little confusing. And you guys have made a great platform like to try and break it down for dum-dums like me. I think what it is, is we're so used to like the instant gratification, just going in and booking a flight, right? It takes a couple extra steps. And I know that there is a easier way to do it. Walk me through it. So now say, like, I've been hoarding points. Brian, I could literally go around the world like six times. I have so many fucking points. But and then I get crazy because then, like you were saying, Delta, I'm very Delta loyal, but flying Delta, trying to use that for like uh, a business class or, you know, Delta one, it they almost want to take like a million points to go anywhere. So how do you maximize it? And how do you go out there? You're like, OK, I want to plan this epic vacation. I want to go out and I want to use points. What where's the best way to start? Well, the, the first thing everyone needs to have, I know you love Delta, for example, but mm. don't never put all your miles in one basket. So if you're an American flyer, JetBlue, so many people I know will just have that airline's credit card and just go bonkers with it. But what happens is you overexpose yourself to one currency. And then when mm. you want to fly Emirates to Athens or you, yeah. you can't transfer your existing points. So what you want is transferable credit card points. So this is Amex like membership rewards. This is Chase Ultimate Rewards, Capital One Ventures. So these are programs where you earn in one program and then can transfer to like 20, 30 partners. So that's the first key is not just using one airline or hotel co-brand. You got to get like Chase Sapphire Reserve. That's what I have. I have the Chase Sapphire Preferred Reserve referred preferred. I don't know. But I, I was able to fly Emirates first class on that for like nothing. And it was amazing. Exactly. The Built Rewards is a new one where you can earn points on rent. No annual. Oh, fees. hell yeah. <laughs> You get one of those. Here's the deal. So there's actually two tools out there now. So one is called point.me and that's okay. the website. So right. point.me is an award search. So it it will, so say you want to go Atlanta to Milan, it'll actually 
break down all the different ways that you can do it. Like if you have Amex or Chase points, you might be able to transfer. And this is why like the best deals out there these days are foreign frequent flyer programs like mm. Air France, Flying Blue, Virgin Atlantic, even Turkish Airlines has a super lucrative award, you know, uh, loyalty program. So point.me, you can actually put in, you know, if you're Chicago and you want to go to the Maldives, it'll show you the cheapest ways to do that. And then there's a new one that's really clever that I think is going to blow up. It's called Rome, R-O-A-M-E dot travel. Mm -hmm. And that's similar to point.me, but these are both search engines that'll scour all the different options. So instead of having to read, you know, a hundred points guide posts on all the different options, these tools will allow you to do that. And both of them, actually Rome is free. Uh, Point.me has like a small subscription, but if you've got a lot of points and you don't want to sit there and try to go through the million and one ways how to use them, like simply put, those are like the best tools I have and I mean, it'll automatically search. You do get a high. Like when I did my first like big points trip, I was like, you get a high. You're like, I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? You're just like, I did it because here's the thing. We're already spending so much freaking money anyways out in the world. It's like, there's gotta be some sort of reward for it, for having loyalty to stuff. And when you're able to use your points, like I did a lot of my honeymoon on points and it was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. And we got upgraded a lot of the places we went. Like there wasn't any downside to it. Yeah, no, there's no downside to, to, to getting points. And there's all these top signup bonuses. So you can get a new card, you and your spouse, all of a sudden you've got like hundreds of thousands of points. <clears throat> so it can be, there's like a little bit of a, you know, takes a little bit to get used to the, it's like learning a new language, but once you right. start learning it, it's. You're wheeling and dealing, you're getting around. Now, where is on your bucket list? Cause you've been all over the world. Like where is in your top five places, the places you want to go. And especially like now that you have Dean, I mean, he's traveled, he's already been to eight countries. He's not even 10 months old. Where do you want to go in this next year? I've always wanted to go to Greenland. I love nature, kayaking, whales, like that to me is everything. And I'm actually getting a chance to go there with your girl, Martha Stewart. <sighs> Stop. Stop. Is there room for more? I will be in your luggage. Me and Martha oh are, are going to cruise to Greenland, which should be kind of epic. So adding in that extra Martha. Have you met her in person yet? No, I've never met her. And you know, we'd be like kindred spirits. I was like kind of pseudo blocked by the Ina Garden, the Barefoot Contessa, because I used to do impressions of her forever. But um, no, I think Martha and I would like eat caviar and just drink wine and like bullshit. My, my favorite story of traveling with Martha, we were flying to uh, Copenhagen and and she was stealing Lay's potato chips from the SAS lounge. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But I saw her in the galley. She goes into the galley when the plane <laughs> takes off and she's cooking stuff up and she waves me over and she literally gave me a baked potato with Lay's chips around it with a huge dollop. She brings her own caviar on tap. Of course flight. she does. Of course she does. People on the flight are like, did Martha Stewart just give you caviar on a baked potato? It was one of my top travel experiences like in life. You know, I mean, did she have it in like a little cooler or was it just in her makeup kit? Like wh where would she, how was she traveling with the caviar? She's got a pretty big purse. I'm, I actually mm -hmm. need to ask her that question. I read this article once and I think it was in Travel and Leisure. And it was about how she carries around like four or five iPads. She has one iPad for newspapers, one iPad just for entertainment, one for emails. I was like, that's five iPad energy. So now like I rate everything in my life by iPad energy. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like if you have your whole life together, that's 10 iPad energy. I'm like, and I was like, did nobody ever, that's when you know you're just so dumb rich when you don't even know that you, you can do all those things on one iPad. She's like, no, 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 this is my email iPad. I, mean, I just love that she still does her social media. It is a little unhinged. It's a little unhinged. I love yeah. it. She's epic. So yeah, that's, that's on my list. Antarctica I've never done. I want to do. And yeah, I don't know. I want to go back to Argentina. Uh, listen, I'll go on to any of these trips with you because Argentina's at the top of my list. Like I want to have the red meat sweats. Oh, it goes so far now. You know, travel's gotten so expensive. My, one of my tips is like, go to places where the U S dollar you know, the, the Argentine currency is like still collapsing and your dollar goes so far once you're there. So was there anywhere that you went where you're like, eh, I, don't, I don't necessarily need to go back. Like I've had those moments on tour. Bali is my like, look, I, I've never had any horrible experience. Well, besides getting shot at a couple of times on my travels. Mm. Okay. A little bit frightening, especially now that I'm a dad, but, uh, Bali, it's like so far and the beaches aren't that great. It's kind of like someone was like, well, yeah, you know, it's just Cancun for Australians. I mean, Bali has beautiful parts. Don't get me wrong, but like the average beaches, I went scuba diving and there was like trash in the water and there really wasn't much to see. So to fly 24 hours when like Hawaii or Turks is like yeah. way nicer. I have seen all the TikToks where they show like, you know, the Instagram version of Bali. And then they just show Australians on their, you know, bachelor party. There's just, traffic. There's only a couple like main roads. 
What's number one on your bucket list that you're dying to go to? Oh, where am I trying to? I really want to do New Zealand. I'm dying to go to New Zealand and I and Australia. Like, and I think if you're going to go all the way over there, you need to just like bang them out, right? Do the two. Totally. And, go for like several weeks. Yeah. And listen, I did a thing with y'all. Y'all sent me on first class on South Korean Airways, which was an affiliate, a Sky Team Alliance with Delta. And I, I went to uh, Cambodia, Vietnam and Thailand. And I'll say like, I am itching to get back to Asia. I'm dying to do Korea. I only stopped in the airport and I'm dying to Japan. I thought when I went to Asia, I was like, I'm going to be such a fish out of water. And I got there and I was like, I was so obsessed with the culture. I think Asia is one of the coolest places I've ever been in my life, period. And one of the coolest parts is one of the free perks of Korean air was in-flight sauna, right? Oh yeah, because there was no air conditioning. And that is my one thing. And you know what? A lot of even Delta One didn't always have. And I just flew back uh, on Delta One from London. And thank God I had my own personal air. I'm like, you cannot be in a pod and not have your own vent. Like, and of course, you know, it literally one of the ladies in the galley, I went up to her, I was like, is there any way we can turn the air down? And she literally looked at me dead in my eyes. She goes, she's like, we're South Korean. We don't sweat. She's like, we're Asian. We don't sweat. And I was like, you know, just the fat American, just like, yep. Uh-huh. I got it. And they're just pouring us Perrier's away. Like we're just taking it back. I was like, this is the life, the best service I've ever had. And I've been on Emirates. The best service I've ever had was yeah, South Asian Korean. airlines are beyond like beyond. airlines. They're just like, it's just another level. What's, What's the, the wildest, wildest experience you've ever had on, on an airplane when it comes to just like creme de la creme? Is it Guitar sweets? What is it? Yeah, the Q suites are nice, but I, I'm just like through and through Emirates A380. So Emirates, yeah. they serve Dom, only airline that now serves Dom Perignon. Not you know you can get it. They usually have two different vintages, unlimited caviar. This, you can shower mm. even though the A380 suite is not the biggest first class suite, but there's a huge onboard bar. So even if your friends are in business class, you can all meet on the plane. It to me is like the 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 glory days of travel like but it's now you know so i love emirates a380 dubai is actually really cool you've never been to dubai i've never been to dubai and there's a stop because i always fly jfk to milan and then they go to dubai and i've kind of thought about like going all the way to dubai and then working my way back i have to say dubai i've been a couple times you know it used to just be like oh it's like vegas but without the casinos it really it's actually super there's a lot of amazing hotels things to do wouldn't go in the summer, but like it's Dubai as a destination is pretty amazing. It's like, when is it not summer there? When is it not hot? I mean, I would just, I wouldn't go <laughs> like, yeah, May through September is really bad, but I think otherwise it's not so bad. Okay. So I'm also trying to do safari and you've gone to Africa a ton. Yeah. Safari. I've done probably 10 safaris, but South Africa, uh, go to Sabi Sands in Kruger National Park. Singita Labombo is Ooh. like, Singita, there's a lot of top-notch safari company, but Singita properties, in my opinion, are the best. People always ask, like, what's your favorite country? I, I would say South Africa. Cape really? Town is unbelievable, beautiful. The Cape wine country, the Cape Winelands, 45 minutes outside of Cape Town, unreal, great bed and breakfast. And then Kruger, you know, because a lot of safaris um, are in public, you know, in, in Kenya, for example, in the Maasai Mara, you have to stay on a track, basically. Mm -hmm. South Africa, because it's a private game reserve, you can, you see like a herd of elephants, you can go into a thicket and like you're off-roading and because, and they also have guns, which they're not, I don't, they're not going to shoot the animals, but there's just right. something to be said around lions to- Just that extra safety. Yeah. 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 I understand where we are in the food chain. You know what I mean? Like they're not poaching the animals, but if, if we have to make sure I don't, you know, get my face mauled off by a kitty cat, I'd, I'd appreciate that. South African safari. <laughs> Cape Town. It's and now you can fly nonstop to Cape Town from New York and Dulles. So and Atlanta as well. So yeah, they just started around on Delta. Listen, I know that you probably don't have the answer to this, but because I'm an Atlanta hub girl and a Delta girly, I don't understand why I haven't gotten 360. I mean, the way that I slept myself out for Delta, but I was told by somebody at Delta, they were like, we basically gave it out to too many people. And so now they're like, we want to keep the level of service the highest it can be. But I'm just waiting. And one day Oh, go ahead. You're damned because so if you were in like Louisville, you probably would be because they do right. it based on like the top 0.5% in each market. So oh, in let's say Chicago, you could become a 360 spending $50,000 a year on Delta. Whereas Atlanta, I bet it's like a hundred because there's so many business people flying like weekly on $8,000, right. you know, fares to China that you're competing against a much bigger, you know, all the executives and whatnot. So yeah. So basically, I got to take the tour abroad. I got to go abroad for quite some time. Basically, back and forth every week. Too. It's, it's not just dollars, but it's also like they, they measure like how much 
how many seat miles you fly, like basically how profitable are you? Are you dumping just like $10,000 tickets left and right? And in Atlanta, there are so many people who do that with the corporate contracts. So you just need to get in with someone at Delta. I mean, I'm dialed in. They invite me to this shit all the time. And I'm literally like, I will do anything. I will send nudes to Ed Bastian. I don't care. He is such a hottie, by the way. Like, I will do whatever. No disrespect to Miss Bastian. But you know what I mean? Like, whatever I need to do to get the job done for that 360. And I had a flight attendant once come up to me. He got down on his knees and he was like, hey, sweetie, wanted to tell you, congratulations, you're 360. And I went, oh, my God. And I thought that's how they did it. And then he was like, I'm just kidding. Your girlfriend and... and <laughs> And Delta, and Delta Comfort wanted me to do this. And I turned right. around. Tina it was Tina Tompkins. And she had had like six white wines. And I was like, you know what, Tina? Fuck you. Like, that is the meanest thing you could have ever done. And he was, he would knew it. He was like, I know that was evil. I shouldn't have done that. So what, what else is doing in your world? Your fatherhood. Your fatherhood you're, you're doing the most. most. You're taking a little, slowing down a little bit in the business world and, and helping people navigate their life with travel. But, you know, what is next on the horizon? How's the, how's the farm? Getting more llamas. Amazing. So I have uh, two years ago, I moved to a beautiful uh, horse farm in New Hope, Pennsylvania. So for any of the listeners out there on the Eastern Seaboard, New Hope is the cutest little town at an hour outside of Philly, hour and a half from New York. Highly recommend as a little getaway. But yeah, I just got alpacas and ducks. And so that the farm life's amazing, but I'm super excited. I do a lot of charity work with the Point Sky. We work with Peace Jam, which brings Nobel Peace Prize winners to kids all around the world. So that's awesome. On the road to Guatemala and South Africa with that work. And, you know, we are currently raising money for Rainbow Railroad, which helps LGBTQ people around the world get asylum because so many gay people and trans people especially are, you know, if you're trans in Jamaica, you are kicked out of your house so often like, you know, jailed or, you know, at, at, at your life at risk. So we actually are helping hundreds of those at most risk in the LGBTQ community get to safety. So that's incredible work. I have a friend from Belarus who had to escape and literally came to the States because like he was beaten up and jailed because he was gay. And I mean, that's insane. So what are the most deadly places right now for the community if you're outside of America? Because you, know, you never know. <laughs> so actually, what shocked me was Jamaica. I actually went to Jamaica with Rainbow Railroad, and we did a 60-minute segment there. It's really bad. Um, really? Yeah. So, um, But, you know, Russia, Chechnya was – that's how I learned of Rainbow Railroad. About six years ago, I in Chechnya, they were just eradicating the gay curse. And so we've gotten a lot of people from Chechnya. But – a lot of the Middle East, but Africa, Uganda, they just passed a kill the gays law where it's like literally they're allowing it, you know, people to kill gays. Like a citizen's arrest? Just anybody? Want to know what the most messed up thing about it yes. is? It's actually like hardcore, hard right, like Christian fundamentalists from Wisconsin that moved to Uganda that are helping push these agendas. So like the Westboro Baptist just picked up and moved to Uganda. Literally same, very similar. Yeah. that Now that they're Holy losing shit. in the US, they're like, let's just wreak havoc globally. So it's kind of like a game of whack-a-mole. There's a lot of countries that are criminalizing, but where there's those setbacks, there's progress happening. So people are afraid of what they don't know. So being right. out proud where possible, you know, you actually do help change people's minds. So, and if people want to get involved in rainbow railroad, how would they start? Where would they look? Yeah. So rainbow rail, they're just rainbow railroad on Instagram. You can donate your frequent flyer miles. If you have Amex points, you can donate them directly to rainbow railroad. You can donate money. You can host, you know, you can actually, there's going to be a program coming out for us asylees in the United States where LGBTQ asylees come to the U S and you can even help, you know, job training, just be a part of a network for a newly, because getting someone to another country is one, you know, part of the problem, but getting them assimilated and getting them a network. Right. The U.S. government, I believe, is going to come out with the new program where you can even house asylees and help sponsor them. So there are a lot of ways to get involved. Yeah. I mean, the work you're doing is kind of like, I'm not saying by any means that it's I'm, I'm doing the work, but I became obsessed with asylees from North Korea. And I started like donating to this charity link called Liberty in North Korea because I just started watching these documentaries on people trying to escape North Korea. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. Like, you don't know what you don't know. And I feel like as Americans, people take I mean, our, our country's so fucked up. We don't even have to get into the politics of it. But like you look at what the, the way things are run in other parts of the world, and you're like we have basic needs met at this point. You know what I mean? Like, it's just insane. It's insane. So that's, that's really wild. Okay. So Ray, rainbow railroad, people can donate miles, get involved that way. And where do you see yourself other than, you know, raising alpaca also side note, how, how did you figure out, do you Google, do you YouTube how to raise alpaca? 
Well, luckily I have a farm managed. People are always like, do you care for your animals? I'm like, no, yeah. they're all dead because I still travel. <laughs> so I've got a, an amazing farm staff that like take care of all the animals and are very happy. So yeah, I admittedly, I don't do a lot of the heavy lifting with mm-hmm. my horses, um, but Wait, it's amazing what you it is amazing. I was never a horse guy. I always wanted to ride horses, but my parents were like, no, you're going to play basketball, which is like $60 a year versus like 600,000, you know, riding horses was never in the cards for me growing up. But yeah, I started in July, 2020 and then just became obsessed, like being around horses, even when I don't ride, just like being in the presence of a horse, brushing my horses. It's like such, it has helped me dramatically kind of reshift my mental you're a full horse girl now. You do realize that, right? You're brushing your horses. What's the outfit? What's the look that when you're doing oh, your jobs? i like... Dressage? Yeah, I got the riding <laughs> pants. Actually, I, I don't dress too much. My Ariat riding pants and polo and the, uh, the high boots. But yeah, I mean, jumping a horse, learning now how to jump these huge horses... It's like a thrill that I can't even describe. So you got you need to come out to the farm. I know. I'm dying to come out to the farm. And listen, I'm good Airbag on a horse. Side saddle. Oh, I'll do outside saddle. I'll do back saddle. I'll do re- reverse cowgirl. Whatever I need to do, I'm ready and I'll have the outfit. I, I got gotta... Ray and Tina too. We got oh. a whole posse. Here's my, do you have Clydesdales? I feel like I need that kind of the horse to hold me up though. No, but I've got huge horses. I've got a Holsteiner who's 18 hands, which is massive. And he's like, all my horses are really sweet. My horse trainer said, I wanted to rescue old military Clydesdales, but he's like, uh-huh. they're so big, they destroy your whole lawn. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So no Clydesdales for now. No Clydesdales for now. Are you going to eventually start doing competitions? Like you're going to become one of those where we'll have to come to your competition and I'll be like, Brian, this is getting I think that out of control. The away. Well, A, I'm six foot seven and like 230 pounds. I'm not going to compete against like, you know, it's ridiculous that I'm even like riding horses as a hobby. People are always like, you know, you play volleyball. I'm like, no, I ride horses. But no, the competition, a lot of my friends who have done it are like, you'll get hooked. But I'm like, that's why I don't want to do it. Because I just right. like to do it as a hobby now. Although I am competitive. And that's why I know if I actually start doing it, then I'm going to want to buy a more expensive horse that's better at company. You know, so I'm like, let me just enjoy life. How do you even find horses? Is that also a Craigslist purchase? Like, how do you, do you get a horse broker? broker? There's a lot of shady people in the horse world. And you mm-hmm. You'll ride, they'll inject a horse with hormones. So you test drive it once and then you come home and it's got like horrible arthritis. <gasps> like it's really the wild west. It's it's like knowing the right people. I, I bought horses now through my vet who has been the vet for, so he's like. He knows what's good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you're running a full farm. Is there any animal that you have brought to the farm that you're like, maybe we should have rethought that? Like are alpacas, like what's their vibe? Well, interestingly, so alpacas, they're, they're cool, but they're not as friendly. Actually, no, I originally got llamas. Llamas, my llamas were not as friendly. They're cool to look at, mm-hmm. but riding, my horses all got spooked by them. So I'd be riding out my field. And when horses get spooked, like it's dangerous because they'll like right. literally go horizontal, like, like they're, you know, so I'd be riding and they would start spooking nonstop at these llamas. So I had, to move, llamas. I had to move them a couple of times. I'm like, why did I get these llamas that are going to literally kill me? Because I'm like, you know, when you're flying on your horse and all of a sudden they even hear a llama noise and you're like airborne. So, but no, there's a good status quo now. I, I love all my animals. Okay. So there's a hierarchy. Everybody's getting along. Everybody knows who to respect. And when big daddy comes out in his hot, tall boots and his tight, tight pants, they know, let him be a horse girl. Let him... <laughs> Let him live his life. <laughs> How do you even approach that when you're dating? You're like, so just so you know, I'm a horse girl. And well, it was funny when Alex, my current boyfriend, because we met in Philly, he lives mm. a couple hours away. And I was like, yeah, when you come, do you want to ride horses? And I was like, here's my gate coat. He's like, who are you? What is this? Like, right. who, like, he came to my house. Like, it is a lot to take in. He's like, you live on a farm. So I'm trying, it, you know, it's an intro. I mean, I just live a unique life. Like, let's just call it what it is. And just I just lay all my cards out on the table. I'm like, this is it. And it's funny enough. He's a, he has a, a, like a pretty intense fear of flying. So I'm like, of course you're going to be dating, but we're getting around that. He's tall. Like me, I think he's six, uh-huh. four. I think he's just afraid of flying in coach because he's now, <laughs> I am too, honey. I am too. has gone down dramatically. So, you know, he's like, I got him tipsy and he's like, oh, I got, he, took a nap and woke up in Puerto Rico. He's like, it's like time travel. It's not that bad. I'm like, exactly. I've got more tricks up my sleeve, Alex. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I mean, listen, there's nothing to me that a tramadol or a Xanax can't fix. You know what I mean? Lights out, two glasses of white wine, a touch of caviar. I'm good to go. I'm telling you what, that's, I think, my biggest fear. Now I'm like, now that I'm a first class girl, I don't think I can go back. You know what I mean? 
that's my warning to any listeners who haven't gotten into the points game. Once you start turning left, you're like, I belong in the front yeah. of the plane. It will become an addiction to keep that up. It will. It will. Listen, Brian, I love you. And I, and I feel like we had such a, like a scientific conversation, but this is like my first real introduction. We covered a lot of ground and listen, next time we can giggle about the bullshit, but I feel like I want people to be dialed into what you're doing and, and just to understand, because literally I'll text you on the side and be like, what kind of credit card do I need to get? What do I need to be doing? And I know you're like, God damn it, Heather, look at the website, like just get it together. <laughs> I love but you, it. But, but listen, you're doing the most and I love it. And I value you as a dear friend. And, um, where, where, so what's the next trip you're going on to? And then I'll let you go. Uh, Mykonos. Oh, hell yeah. Bring in my son at Mykonos. Are you going to take him to Scorpios? You Maybe. never know, actually. No, he doesn't like loud noises. So I think he'll mm -hmm. hang at the villa mostly, but yeah, it's Mykonos. And then it's cruising with Martha, baby. So stay tuned. You, you're, I'm putting this in the universe now. You will be traveling with Martha Stewart in the near I future. I will. Absolutely. I don't know where we're going. The Hopefully. great Kim Zolciak says, <laughs> ask, believe, receive. Ask, believe, receive. And as the words of Dorinda Medley, say it, forget it, write it, regret it. You know what I mean? Uh, Brian, I love you. Where can everybody find you? Just if they're just tuning in. At Brian Kelly on Instagram. So my personal travels, my Q and A's, and then at the points guy or the points for all of our travel news and tips. All right. Love you. Mean it. I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.